Welcome to The Story Life. I'm your host and co-founder, Lana Jackson. I'm joined by my sister and co-founder, Jelaine Jackson. Hey, everyone. Today, we are interviewing Lauren Napier, celebrity beauty expert and founder of Lauren Napier Beauty, a line of luxury facial cleansing wipes that have generated a cult following with women who understand that there is beauty in taking it off. Lauren has worked with everyone from Oscar winners to musicians, as well as being the resident makeup artist on Saturday Night Live and Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. Her work has been featured in Vogue, Vanity Fair, and Essence, to name a few. Welcome to The Story Life, Lauren. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. um, Well, let's jump right in. It's kind of been a tough year, 2020. We're basically living through just like an incredible moment of social and political upheaval. And it's been having a positive and a negative effect for Black people. So what are some things that you're doing to kind of maintain your joy and care well for yourself? You know, I think that it's really important to take time for yourself. Mm -hmm. So I have been doing, and I already was the... person who would pause during the day, even if it was just for 10 minutes to do something. But now I have put a stop to the day, like a hard stop because we're working from home. We're living from home slash living at work. Cause that's what it's like for me. So I, um, I've just, I've put a hard pause. And once I do that, I make myself a decadent dinner Mm -hmm. and um, I take walks, make sure I get fresh air. I talk to people or if my friends and family call me during the day, I stop to talk to them. You know, we're living in a completely different um, world than where we were six months ago. And Mm -hmm. so it's important to just cherish the very small moments. And give yourself the grace to just experience what you need to experience to just make it to the next moment, the next day, the next, you know, you know, just just to make it through because we're experiencing a lot of challenges and it's tough to be vulnerable because we're always, you know, told to be like so strong, but Mm -hmm. caring for yourself is just that caring for yourself is not just baths and showers and champagne it's being able to um restore and reset so that you can you know you're capable of enjoying those things yeah no that's so true and I think um I I know there's always a lot of talk about self-care in the culture um but I really think that you know this this moment that we're all in really is requiring people to kind of figure out what does that really look like for me? And it isn't always, you know, baths and champagne. It's, it's really figuring out how are you going to get from one day to the next? Like you're, like you're saying, um, and what is it going to take for us to be able to live day to day? Um, I know like for me, I'm juggling multiple things as well. And so, you know, it's, it's like, I can't be like, I'm a very forward thinking person and I can't always be that way. I have to kind of figure out how can I get through like today? Um, and you mentioned, uh, making decadent dinners. Mm -hmm. Um, that's one thing I really love about like the kind of, you know, being at home and and working from home, like I get to cook a lot more for my family. So do you cook your meals yourself or what's, um, what are some things that you're cooking up in the kitchen? I definitely, um, cook for myself. Um, I love food. And so I am not a, 
I wouldn't say that I'm a particularly picky eater, but I'm selective about what I do put into my body. So last week I made like a chicken fried chicken, which is a very Southern dish mm-hmm. um, with, what did I have? Mashed potatoes, truffle mashed potatoes and mm-hmm. um, a garden salad. And then I made banana pudding. But, you know, I did that because it was Sunday and I was watching um, something that was, you know, very Southern inspired, woman inspired on on um, whatever it was, Instagram. And um, and I just was enjoying that moment. And so I wanted to have something that was like decadent. But when I say I'm not particular, um, but I'm conscious. Right. So it was chicken fried chicken, but it was a free range chicken. It was. Uh, mashed potatoes and gravy, but they were real mashed potatoes, not something out of a box. Um, there was, I made the gravy like homemade. And so I think when you are taking the time to make food and then you make healthy choices, then you can indulge in a way that you don't typically, uh, or maybe you shouldn't when you're just, you know, mm-hmm. eating out. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. I also um, heard you say so much about um, time um, and really thinking about um, maybe one of the blessings out of the um, pandemic or um, the quarantine is just sort of getting um, some time back and how we've been able to use that time to better ourselves or spend more time with our family um, and really um, staying like honed in um, in um, the moment. And take you talked about um, taking a look at some like small moments that you've had um, in your life and being able to focus on those and enjoy them. And I think about all of the small moments that kind of uh, create um, our journey and being able to um, appreciate those moments that lead up to where we want to go. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you about sort of your becoming phase um, of your creative journey and you know, how maybe um, important it's been um, to you and to kind of take us through your story of becoming a celebrity makeup artist and a beauty expert. How did you get to that journey in your life? Well, this is kind of a fun story because I, um, I was a flight attendant and it wasn't a job that I loved. I've always been creative. I've always been in the arts, but I, I loved that job because I was able to travel and go places and experience things. But I had this sort of bug in me that there was something else that I wanted to do that I needed to do. And I happened to be sitting in a uh, passenger seat next to a passenger. So totally not doing what I was supposed to as an employee. (laughs) And I was reading this magazine and uh, there was a, you know, very famous celebrity on the cover, but I thought the makeup was terrible. And I said to the person next to me, as if I knew them, like this makeup is terrible. Even I could do a better job than this. And they looked at me like I was insane. And I'm sure it seemed like I was insane uh, because I was making this like judgment. And it was just like, and girl, you're sitting next to me. Why are you not like serving drinks? Right. And so um, I thought in that moment, I feel like I can do this. So I'll do it. And I took the steps um, and, you know, made sure that I, I knew what I was doing. I took some classes, but what I realized is that I had gone to college and part of my, um, part of what I was studying was um, video production and color theory. And so all of those things that I'd learned really gave me this head start on being a makeup artist. So um, 
I moved, where did I go? I moved to Vegas. I was working at Mac because I, I decided like I was a flight attendant, but I had enough time to where I could have a little part-time job. So I started to, and this is something that I think people should consider too. You have a job that you don't like, it's not fulfilling, but you're scared to leave. Maybe reduce your hours and try to do something else until you can find what's fulfilling to you. So I got a job at Mac. It was only, I think, 12 hours a week. So two shifts a week. And I learned how to uh, work with everyday people. Um, And it's so much different, obviously, than working with a person who's, you know, completely symmetric and, and which is what most celebrities have very symmetric faces. And, um, you know, that's what makes them conventionally beautiful. And so I learned from everyday women, but I also learned that um, everyday women just really want to look like an enhanced version of themselves. They don't always want to be in full drag. They just want to look good. And that gave me um, a point of view. And that point of view carried me as a makeup artist. So um, from working at Mac, I um, became like a coveted artist at the store. So they gave me hours. I got a promotion. I I moved to Vegas. I worked in Vegas at um, the Big Mac store on the Strip. And then I started doing editorial. I also had a really strong work ethic because I found something that I was passionate about. So there was this new level of accountability. I was on time. I was early. I was prepared. I was excited. I was enthusiastic. And that carried me um, all the way into working in TV and film, Mm -hmm. which was not easy to break into. But when you have a reputation for being all of the things I said, which was enthusiastic, on time, accountable, responsible, um, that takes you, it, it takes you a long way. It really does. Yeah. And especially when it comes to being in the entertainment industry and um, you know, I think a lot of people have a lot of like, uh, I don't know, like sometimes inaccurate thoughts about that world and professionalism just really goes a long way oftentimes and just being someone who's reliable. Um, and so I completely understand, you know, when you're coming into a field, coming into the entertainment or creative industries from another, um, you know, professional life you know, that really speaks well to your strengths and your ability to be able to show up and be a professional because you're you're entering that industry as someone who is a working professional. So completely understand that. And I um, was, when I was doing research and, and found out that you worked on Saturday Night Live and Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, um, it was just really compelling that you were basically building this business, um, building your, your beauty line while also doing that work. Um, and just kind of taking all of your experiences from working, like you said, with everyday women and really creating, like using that information and and your experiences to kind of generate and create this brand. And so I would love for you to kind of talk about your, your philosophy regarding makeup and skincare that kind of came out of that, that experience of working with everyday women and how that connects to the social psychology behind the Lauren Napier brand, because it's a very specific thing and it has a very strong point of difference. Absolutely. So I was working at Mac during um, like the big MTV era, right? So Mm -hmm. there was monochromatic and everyone had lip liner and, you know, lip liner, lipstick, lip gloss. Um, There was three different colors that you had to have on your eyeshadow plus liner plus, 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 right? And like I said, I am a minimalist 
Um, I appreciate what is natural, um, what is different, what is unique about each individual. So everyone having the same makeup routine kind of drove me crazy. Um, But I was able to make this distinction between what the trend was and actively listening to the customer to give that person what they wanted. And it, that really informed my um, my personal style as a makeup artist, because I would listen to, you know, when you're actively listening, then you, you can come to um, a really great solution, right, to any problem. And again, these women just wanted to look like a, a dazzling version of themselves, whether they were going to work and they wanted to look amazing or if they wanted to, they were going on a date or their anniversary, or even if they just wanted to be with their kids at school, they wanted to just look like somebody gave them a little boost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, I was able to craft that. And, and in doing that, as I mentioned, there is trend, but then there's also individuality. And how do you make the trend yours? How do you um, wear the makeup without it wearing you? Mm-hmm. That's what I was able to um, cultivate in that space. And mm-hmm. I think it's really important because people do want to feel beautiful and they want to feel part of a trend. They want to feel like they are, um, you know, in on the in crowd, like they're with it. Mm-hmm. But uh, sometimes, sometimes the full trend is just too much. And right. that's where the individual individuality, the social psychology comes in. Um, mm-hmm. because the beauty industry so heavily dictates how we feel about ourselves. If we're not following the trends, if we are not, um, meeting these, these, uh, beauty standards that exist. And I've always been of the mind that you should defy beauty standards and do what makes you feel beautiful and comfortable. Um, and that's really where I came up with the concept of Lauren Napier Beauty. From my time at MAC to my time in the makeup department, uh, working in the trailer in the mornings, you know, um, the the celebrities, whomever I was working on, would always come in and they would say something that was incredibly self-deprecating, but they would compliment my work. Obviously, that's very flattering, but the part that would get my attention was the fact that each each moment, each time someone sat in a chair, they'd say something like, oh, can you be at my house every day? I wish I woke up like this. You know, just things, um, complaining about their under eyes when there was nothing even noticeable, right? Mm-hmm. But that's what they did. And it it just, it for me, I felt like this wrinkle, you know, this hint of color on your eyelids that's natural is really quite beautiful. And it's what makes you unique. And I think right now what we're seeing is uh, the trend of everyone highlighting and contouring in the same way and sculpting this one face. So it's kind of driving me crazy. And this is a trend that's been going on for many years. Yeah. So in that space, I thought, no, um, we've got to do something about this. At the end of the day, all the celebrities and anyone who sat in my chair who would come in would want to take off this, this makeup and reveal their true self, reveal who they were when they came in in the morning, you know? And so I realized there is beauty in taking it off. And there's a ceremony that we have that, that appeals to people when you're applying makeup. It's the industry telling you that you are more beautiful with this 
than you are without. And my feeling is that you are enough and you have got to feel confident and the psychology has to be there. Because the best part of the day is after you've had your makeup on all day and your earrings and your shoes and your hair, when you come home and you kick off your shoes and you take off your bra, you know, you take your earrings out Mm -hmm. and you cleanse your skin. And there's no better feeling than that. And that's who you are. That is your truest self. That's your most beautiful self. That is who you are. And we should celebrate that too. And I think, you know, I've made a career on altering and enhancing people's images from the very mild enhancement to, you know, a full special effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is unique about all of this is that we are all different. And what's beautiful about all of this is that we're all different. And I, I really wanted to make sure that that message came across uh, with more Napier Beauty products. And that's really how that philosophy started. Yeah, that's really incredible. And um, I think that that's what I love so much about this brand and just about what you bring to it. Cause it's this balance of like, you know, I, I'm a makeup artist and it's, it's basically my job to make people like look, look better than how they look or different than how they look. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you created a product, they also kind of completes the cycle of that. Like, and also, you know, I am providing something that allows people to really embrace what their skin actually looks like when they take off their makeup. And I know everyone loves that feeling. Like I love that feeling after like a great event or a night out, like coming home, like taking your hair out. Like Mm -hmm. I'm somebody who is also minimalist. I like to feel my skin, you know, like I want to know that when I touch brush my cheek, I don't have like a ton of, you know, leftover makeup on my face. And so I love that point of difference in your brand and really, really affirming people in, you know, really enjoying that process, really enjoying the fact that like, this is actually who you are. And this is the funner part, not Mm -hmm. just like the putting, the putting of it on, but the taking it off. I love that. I think that's so incredibly special. I find it that it is. And I think that it's a message that resonates with people because above all, they want to feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. And however we go about it is, um, you know, again, that's something that is, that happens individually, but Mm -hmm. I just want women, men, people to know that despite what, um, the, the beauty industry and the way that it sort of preys on our insecurities, I'm here to uplift you and highlight what's different about you. And, and shine a spotlight on um, not your insecurity, but to turn that insecurity into um, a celebration of individuality. Yeah, I love that point of difference of just um, not focusing so much on um, enhancing your image, mm-hmm. but on being your um, natural uh, self. Mm-hmm. I think that's so um, important and such a great um, message. Um, and in speaking with and in talking about like being your natural self and just, you know, being um, a black woman, you talked a little bit about your transition from flight attendant to working at the Mac store to working in the, the, um, the makeup department, you know, on set. Um, and you talked about um, just the, the individual um, that you are and how that um, allowed people to um, depend on you just um being someone who is enthusiastic and reliable um, and on time and someone who is a pleasure um, to work with. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know sometimes that even um, as we try our hardest um, um, to uh, be our uh, true selves and um, to 
um, you know, put our best foot forward. Um, that sometimes being um, a black woman, um, it makes it difficult sometimes um, in a space for people to really appreciate the um, natural you mm-hmm. and yeah, the, the way you show up in a space. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk a little bit about um, your transition from celebrity, a makeup and beauty expert, um, entrepreneur in regards to um, being taken seriously um, in the industry and whether or not um, that journey was um, difficult, were there difficulties there or was it a seamless transition because of how you present yourself? You know, for me, it was a transition that was it was um it was a little bit of a bumpy transition because I have a <laughs> I have a very dynamic personality I will say and I have some leadership qualities that and I'll call them leadership qualities um you know someone else might say it's bossy or aggressive oh whatever <laughs> you know we've all heard we've all heard that right mm-hmm. and so it was learning to be um be myself in all aspects. And like, it's a, it's a part of me that's still growing. It's a muscle that I'm still exercising and building is, uh, being myself and being authentic. Um, I had the, I had the more aesthetic part of it down. Presentation Mm -hmm. was always something that was easy for me, but you know, as a black woman, when you come in with this kind of chic, easy presentation, they're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm -hmm. And so Um, it was just, it was a balance. It was a balance of both. Um, because the look is super approachable. Um, but was it authentic to who I was in my, in my personality? I have to say yes, but it was something that maybe people didn't expect. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I hope that that answers the question and it doesn't leave room for misinterpretation. Um, like I, the, yeah, presentation was there. That part was easy. Um, it was chic, it was minimalist, but as things are starting to happen, I guess this is where I'm going with it. Um, what I'm learning and I'm learning this, uh, for lots of black women is what we saw during the pandemic was, okay, there was this slow reveal of like natural hair, curly hair, the braids came out, um, things started, you know, things started to change and we were seeing that. And was it embraced? Is it embraced? Um, I think it's starting to be. And I think that that's a good thing. And I think that's part of, that's part of um, the language and, and the conversation that I'm having is like, it, there is beauty in taking it off. There's beauty in being you. There is beauty in individuality and authenticity and uh, diversity. And we must embrace that. Yeah. And I think in the embracing of that is really embracing and, and I don't want to say allowing because we don't need anyone's permission, but I think that, you know, on a whole, where it comes to American culture, there needs to be more of an embracing of the fact that Black women are truly multi-hyphenate and to allow us to express that aspect of ourselves and to not be kind of, um, uh, per- like pigeonholed or parochialized into being one thing. And I think that's why, you know, this question about that transition from being a makeup artist, you know, to being an entrepreneur and kind of like that transition. And it's sometimes hard for people to see you as more than like what, like one thing, you know? And so um, just in hearing your journey, like in this conversation and hearing how you were able to establish yourself and knowing that the presentation is always there, like you're always the right person. That's how mm-hmm. I like I'm, I'm the right person. Like I'm the one that you want. And so, um, but it's sometimes hard to get other people to kind of buy into that 
when you're trying to create a new identity for yourself, you know? And so um, that was kind of what we, you know, we're just so curious about with, with your work and, and being able to do that. With my work, I mean, I feel like it's such, this is such a multi-layered question and this question by itself could fill up the length of probably, you know, two weeks of podcast, two episodes, <laughs> because um, it, it's, it's so deep, right? And I think, um, especially, you know, for black women, it's, it's, um, we have, well, let's talk about us visually. We have been subjected to certain standards of beauty that maybe we would never, uh, for the most part fit into. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that part, that part is, 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 um, I think right now is being embraced by, people across the spectrum. And so it's now easier to walk in and to step into a room and fill those, fill those shoes and be exactly who you are in the space. This is a really beautiful time. Um, okay. You know, laws and legislation like the crown act is, is making it easy for easier uh, for black women, black men to, to be who they are and not have to code switch and not have to, um, you know, have different hair at work than they do at home. We can be our true selves. Um, mm-hmm. But then when you're talking about business and transitioning, that's a completely different story because at work uh, and depending on what position you're in, especially leadership positions, um, you're not necessarily expected to be the leader, but you're expected to be the person who's in a subordinate position. Mm-hmm. And there have been many times that I've walked into rooms and people who don't have Google um, don't know that the brand is mine, right. <laughs> don't know, or they're not familiar, or they think that I represent it or that I work for Lauren. And it's like, well, I am Lauren. And yeah. so that also has to, uh, that also speaks to, um, mis messaging, mis and underrepresentation, and how, how we now have to take this space and also own, um, who we are and, and, that's also part of authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. I am the owner of this business. These are my ideas. Your uh, projection or prejudice really is um, a reflection of you and not my authentic self, who right. I am. Um, and I, I think, again, this is, it's happening and it is, uh, it's a good thing. But it's a challenging thing because every day is a every day is a challenge, right? And um, I I love that. And I actually want to talk like get a little bit more into the conversation about the product um, mm-hmm. because you have such a really compelling product that has a strong point of difference. So you have a collection of wipes in Laura Napier Beauty, um, and the function, the ingredients, the packaging. Like as I was looking through it, it just it seems so well thought out. And I would just love to have our listeners really understand your product development process. Like what specific issues were you trying to tackle with each collection of wipes? This is a really good question because I'll start off of how I came up. I mean, there's the philosophy that is there, but the functional aspect of it and the ingredients are a whole nother story. And Mm -hmm. I was on a flight during our hiatus from SNL. It was Christmas. I had gone to Australia and I was coming back to the States. And um, we were crossing the equator. And I don't know if anyone has ever been to the Southern Hemisphere or that's on, that's, that's listening, but 
it can be really hot as you cross over. And I'm sitting in my window seat, which is my favorite seat, and enjoying the sun, but it got way too hot. So I reached into my makeup bag, this beautifully curated bag that I created for myself just to travel with. And I pull out these wipes and they were bone dry. Now I just bought them for my trip. So how could they be dry? I was so disappointed. And right then and right there, I thought, one, I have to come up with a concept that reduces waste. Because what happened was my wipes are dry. I'm wasting my money and I'm wasting this product. You know, it doesn't do what it says. So I was going to solve a series of problems. And in my research, I realized that 30% of makeup wipes are actually discarded before they are consumed. Because, because of this problem. So um, I developed a single-use packaging, which actually helps to reduce overall waste because we're not constantly throwing away stacks of makeup wipes. You take one, it doesn't dry out. You take two or three, you put one in your gym bag, you leave one at work, you leave one at boyfriend's house or whatever, and you've got them to use. Uh, so that was one problem that I wanted to solve. So that was part of the, the thought that I was that I was uh, a space that I was trying to fill, but something I was really thinking through. All of the packaging is recyclable. So even if you have this one package, this little sachet, you can recycle that package too. Um, so I really did want to make sure that if I was going to change the product and the concept, it needed to be easy for people to use. But it also needed to be made environmentally friendly and with a level of efficacy. So I, uh, it's made in the U.S. It's manufactured with solar energy. It's cruelty-free. And the packaging is recycling. And I'm always working to improve the product. So now I'm working on a fully biodegradable wipe that has the same function but um, fully biodegrades. And that's an exciting point in the business right now. Even during COVID, I am testing out products and, and fabrics to make sure that it is environmentally friendly. Uh, it is going to perform as well as the other uh, strands of fabric that we use for the current wipes. Um, and so, I mean, there's that. The other issue was that there wasn't a makeup remover wipe experience that you could really feel good about. You know, when you use makeup wipes, people say you're being lazy, you know, whatever it is. But the reality is that everyone uses them. So if you're going to use them, let's use something that really works for your skin. And so I came up with these different ingredients for the different skin types and skin conditions. And cleanse was the first. It's got aloe, cucumber, chamomile. It's really gentle. It's really soft. It's really also luxurious. It smells very um, lightly fragranced. And then you've got Flaunt, which was the second generation. And that has a noni fruit extract, which helps to benefit your cell turnover. So if you have more of a dry skin or if you've got, um, you know, you just want your skin to have a little boost, uh, that one is perfect for that. It, It brightens and it almost acts as a serum. So if you are traveling, you can just carry one thing. It can replace your full skincare routine depending on how long you're gone and what your true skin condition is. And then La Rose was the third, and it's a rose water infused makeup remover wipe. It um, Rose water helps to uh, reduce inflammation, and it also soothes acne and balances oil. So if you've got a more oily skin condition, that one is for you. 
But what's great is that you can use all of the wipes in the collection, no matter what your skin type is. They're just slightly targeted to help balance a few uh, skin complexion issues. So you can't see me, but I am smiling from ear to ear just hearing about um, the ingredients and the thought that has gone into um, the wipes. Um, Lana knows that kind of during this sort of quarantine pandemic season that I've been on a clean beauty uh, journey and trying to find um, products that are sustainably uh, made, um, that are um, doing good uh, for my skin, that our skin is just such a, a large um, organ that absorbs so much and we don't really uh, think about that. Um, and I'm so glad to hear that when I'm using um, your wipes, my skin um, is absorbing um, aloe and chamomile and natural um, uh, products that are good uh, for my skin and also good for the um, environment. Um, so I'm just like grinning over here hearing you um, discuss um, what is in um, the wipes and really um, great to hear that you can use any of them, that even though they're targeted, I know like with a lot of like um, beauty products, sometimes it says like, if you have sensitive skin, you, you know, you really can't um, use that. And this is for like dry skin only. The fact that you can sort of um, cross use them mm -hmm. is really great um, to hear. And yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And I just wanted um, to say that like, um, you know, it's getting cold out. Um, and thinking about how our skin um, changes seasonally and sort of the struggles um, with that. I know like um, during the winter time, um, I struggle with dry skin anyway, um, but then it gets even more dry um, during the winter time. And so just wanting to talk a little bit more about like the summer to fall transition and like what would be um, a great wipe to help um, with that transition. Well, what I, I want to say first when I, sorry, I almost interrupted you, but the main ingredient to all of the white formulas is water. And so that's why it's so good for all different skin types because your skin needs water. It's your largest organ and nothing in, on earth can survive without water, right? So fire. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So um, every, everything, um, it, it all comes back to just having really quality ingredients. Um, and so... Wait, I lost it. What was the question? What did you ask me? Sorry. Oh, just about like the seasons changing. Like it's starting seasons to get changing. cold. Now. It is starting to get cold. And so um, I know my skin is more of a combination sensitive, dry. Um, and so what I use are flaunts. And you can't see that my skin is dry and you can't really see that it's sensitive because flaunt is, is um, it, it's just the one that I use. But this is a, it's a, it's a tough time for skin because you're going from heavier sun exposure to just like the wind hitting you, right? It starts to cool off. There's, depending on where you live, there's less moisture or it's just really rainy. Um, but that's, that's the one I like to use. I think it's really important to, to one, assess your skin, know your skin's condition. And sometimes I find that, that people don't know what their actual skin type is. Well, that's the first thing you want to do. And then you want to figure out what do you want? What's the problem that you want to solve? Do you want your skin to look brighter? Does it feel tight? Does it feel itchy? Is it too oily? You know, what are the, what are the solutions? Are you trying to reduce your pores? Uh, getting down to maybe why your pores are enlarged. There's so many different, um, 
there's so many different skin conditions that are out there and that exist. So we want to just make sure that we're improving them. One thing I do want to say, and I'm going to be perfectly transparent, is that makeup wipes should not replace your full skincare routine. When I said that before, I meant if you're traveling, if you're going to be gone for a few days and you can manage without your arsenal of, you know, 10 step beauty products. But Mm -hmm. regularly, you want to make sure you're thoroughly cleansing, hydrating, moisturizing, toning, balancing all of those, because that's going to improve the quality of your, uh, of your, uh, complexion. Mm -hmm. And something else that I definitely want to make sure that I mention is that is that everyone's everyone's skin is different and your skin is your largest organ and you want to make sure that you're caring for it from head to toe. That's cleansing, moisturizing, hydrating, doing the scrubs, exfoliating so that you have the most bright and healthy looking complexion. And so I can go into my skincare routine. Obviously I take my makeup off um, or my, especially my mascaras and eye products with my makeup remover wipes because they're so gentle Um, you know, you just open the wipe, stretch it and just press it along the eye and everything comes off and it's really gentle. But then I go in with foaming cleansers or oil cleansers, depending on, you know, what's going on or how much makeup I'm wearing. I, um, will just, you know, massage my skin under the water and, um, and that's warm water. Um, because you know, your skin absorbs the water, it absorbs what goes onto your face. And so Mm -hmm. obviously you want to hydrate with water and then I moisturize, uh, and I use moisturizers, heavier creams, serums, and then I do hydrating mist. I mean, I just Mm -hmm. very much enjoy beauty products. That's what I do, but we've got to get everyone, um, understanding what their skin type is so that they can create the best routine for themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, so it sounds like the flaunt whites would then be really perfect for this um, season. So I'm definitely um, going to be trying those out. Yeah, um, they're really good. And I hear that um, the flaunt whites are co-packed by the foundation for the handicap, which recently closed due to COVID. And as a result, um, many handy, capable adults are out of work. Um, can you tell our readers um, how you're supporting um the brand, how are your readers, our readers can support the brand and the foundation for the handicap during this difficult time? Absolutely. So COVID really did hit um, this particular uh, workforce very, very hard. As I mentioned, um, I really wanted to make sure that the products that I was manufacturing and that I was developing had um, a benefit all around. So, you know, made in the U.S., solar energy, cruelty-free, recyclable packaging. But our packing service uh, that we have partnered with and worked with is the Foundation for the Handicapped. It's a group of disabled adults who just require some additional support while uh, while they're working. And so much business slowed that that took away from from their operations. So they already reduced staff. The second portion was just that this is a work group that is already underemployed, but because of COVID and because of their um, disabilities, they are at a higher risk. They don't drive, they travel on public transportation and public transportation was, uh, you know, reduced. Um, 
you know, just different health issues um, made it very difficult. And we actually, unfortunately, lost two members of the team uh, wow. in the past in the past month. So that's been it's been pretty difficult uh, for for everyone in the group. But one way that we can help is by purchasing. Uh, Lauren Napier Beauty Products, which are all co-packed at the Foundation for the Handicap, to make sure that we're giving uh, giving this this work group uh, an opportunity to work and to stay employed. Um, yeah. The goal really is to make sure that we um, have retailed or sell through an additional one thousand uh, bags of wipes in order to help support this. Uh, in order to help support this work group. It helps to keep everyone there working and um, uh, yeah, and just employed. And it, you know, the foundation for the handicap for these, this, these people uh, is their safe space. You yeah. know, this is where they go, where they are surrounded by people who are just like them. And it's really fun to be there. I go there uh, once a month and you know, it's, it's, they're so cheerful. Um, they go on dates. They date each other. <laughs> they go on dates to the library. It's the best. They tell me the best stories. Um, they are just the most happy and most genuine, um, cheerful people. And I, I, it's important to me to see them thrive in an environment that's a safe space for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And I love that you've made that a part of just like the ethos of your brand and, and providing work um, for handicapable adults. I just love that. And I think that's amazing. And I want to let our listeners know that Lauren has been really generous and is offering free shipping on the flaunt wipes, um, which are packaged by the Foundation for the Handicapped. So if you use the code the story life, you can get free shipping on the flaunt wipes. And we'll also post that in the feature uh, as well. And just switching gears a bit, um, I want to talk about politics. And um, I just, I don't know, it's, I think we're all just really, this is a big year um, Mm -hmm. for for all of us as Americans. And when Biden had announced uh, Kamala Harris as his running mate, it was like one of the few bright spots and just like an extremely difficult year. Mm -hmm. Um, And once elected, the the optics of having a Black woman uh, vice president will be, I think, really destabilizing for some people, but catalyzing for others. And I kind of wanted to know your opinion. Like, how do you see a Black woman vice president really affecting the American consciousness? That's such a huge question. And it's, it's the, um, the nomination is monumental, mm-hmm. um, not just for black women, but for women. And so yeah. what I hope, because we already know that, I mean, we're three black women and we're speaking and, and we know that we recognize that, um, Kamala Harris represents so many, uh, so many dreams and aspirations for, for so many different people, you know, she's biracial, so mm-hmm. she's, uh, um, you know, she's, her parents were immigrants and she is, went to an HBCU, which is historically black college. Uh, she's in a sorority. She's friends to people. She's an aunt. She's a stepmother. Um, you know, I think, um, she doesn't have her own children, which for me, I'm a single woman. I don't have children. And so I, uh, I find that to be really inspiring that that's not something that the patriarchy is like holding against her. She's actually thriving uh, in that space, being again, her authentic self. 
you know, and that's, that's where, that's what, that's what this is all about. I think though, that when you talk about, um, it being jarring to some, some, it will be. And I think that's really part of why we are where we are in this culture, in this society is because there's a certain sector of the society that's holding on to the relics of the past. Mm -hmm. Um, and they don't want to see women have rights or have a voice. They don't want to see minorities, um, excel. Um, and that is unfortunate. Mm -hmm. And so I think it, it's, it's, uh, it's concerning, but it's also inspiring. Yeah. And I believe that what she will do when she is there is help to improve the quality of life for not just people who look like her, but everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that is going to be her legacy. I hope that's her legacy. I hope that's it. That is the administration's legacy and in, in improving the quality of life for all of us or or for, for people who um, look like us, who live like us, she will then uh, improve the quality of life for everyone. You know, it's like they've always told us politically, people have always said a rising tide lifts all boats. And I think yeah, her representation is going to, uh, is going to just uplift so many. So yeah. I hope, I mean, I hope that that wasn't like a Pollyanna answer because I, I have lots of feelings about it. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> I have lots and lots of feelings about it. I mean, I feel like, um, uh, Trump is a horrible president. He's got a rotting corpse for a soul. I mean, like, I don't know what else to say about him. Uh, Everything he does is, is, um, uh, to stay out of jail, not to be reelected, but to stay out of jail. Basically. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so, I mean, he's scraping at everything he can, and that is the lowest common denominator and the parts of society that once where people were ashamed and they're no longer ashamed uh, to be vocal and to be open. And so it is going to be jarring for a lot of people to, who feel the same way that he does Mm -hmm. to see this woman uh, take a position of power, but it's equally as jarring as it was when Obama was in office. And again, it's the black lash uh, that got us Trump. Right. Got us the tea party. Um, it's, it's been a monumental year. And what I know is that and a, a monumental, uh, year, yes, but also just an overwhelmingly exhaustive, exasperating, uh, three years to watch someone mm-hmm. completely destroy, dismantle, disrupt, um, our culture, our society to, um, take away from so many of the advances and to really spotlight and highlight um advances but in such a negative way yeah that's the part that is just astounding to me about this president and you know as a black woman i i grew up in texas um so i know what it's like to be in uh the southern states but i also racism does not only exist in the south it exists all over america and actually all around the world. And mm-hmm. so my hope is that, again, when you see people in, like Kamala, in a position of, of authority and power that encompass greatness, 
in the way that she does. Um, I think it improves people's uh, impression. It breaks down stereotypes and prejudgments and it allows for growth and conversation in a positive way. And I think she'll do that um, beautifully for all of us. Yeah. And that will only elevate, you know, the American mind that'll only elevate us as a Republic, as a country. Um, And you had said something that, you know, was really compelling to me as you're speaking, you know, it's kind of like we're living in two tensions. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's like a monumental year. It's this, this, first half of the 21st century has just been really, there's a lot of upheaval, but there's a lot of progress. And so Mm -hmm. we're always living in the tension that change creates, which is the uncomfortability of the, of the backlash, but also the beauty and the hope and the promise of when things get better. And I think that just as listening to you talk, it's like, there's those two tensions and that I feel really characterized, you know, where we are in the culture, but also this specific year. And I am really excited um, to see Kamala. Uh, I love her. I, I love what she is going to do for this country. And it's um, the 11th hour. You know, we really need um, uh, real leadership and, and his 15 minutes are up. Well, so, I hope they are. <laughs> no, I'm speaking it. I'm speaking it, Lauren. I'm just going to speak it into, into existence. <laughs> I Listen, I'm with you. I want it to be, uh, I want them to succeed uh, and go on and to, uh, you know, I, I hate to use the, the common language, but to take the country back, but yeah. not, but the thing is, it's not taking it back. It's giving it back to the people. Right. And that is what they're doing. Uh, um, Kamala and Joe, they <laughs> want to give the country back. They want to uplift people so that they can live and thrive in this society. Like people once did. Um, and not only just a certain sector of people, but the whole of the right. country. And I think when uh, the 45th administration says take the country back, they do. They want to take it back. They want to take it away from people and the people who are making progress to hold on to this uh, this very safe space that they've had. And it's, it's um, sad and it's unfortunate. I think it's the last go. I, um, but I, I am, I will be perfectly honest and I try to remain optimistic, but we also have to be pragmatic and realist and, and live in the reality that there is someone who is so dishonest, um, someone who doesn't want to go to jail, someone who is, um, so deeply corrupt Mm -hmm. that, there's a possibility that they might not win. I literally, I just heard someone say this morning, uh, it doesn't matter how many votes come in. It just matters how many get counted. Yeah. And that to me is scary because, you know, we have lost so many great people this year from John Lewis to obviously Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And those are people who lived lives of service to the citizens of this country. And there's one person who's living his life in service to himself. And that is what we're up against. And anyone who is shameless and as unscrupulous as he is, puts us all at risk. So as much as I want to be optimistic, I realize that we have a really, really difficult, you know, next 
45 days. Yes, we do. But, and I think that, um, one of the things that came out of this four years, I know for myself personally, and, you know, for so many others who are, um, creatives and are people who, um, you know, or, or we, or entrepreneurs is that with a difficult administration like this and with the, this difficult past four years that we had, it really catalyzes you as a person, you know, like, what am I going to do then to move myself forward? Um, and to reclaim my time. And so um, just whatever might happen, you know, with our administration and with this government, I think one thing is clear and one thing is definitely not going to change. And that's that us as, as people, as Americans, especially as Black Americans, we have become even more um, successful, even more catalyzed to produce change. Like that cannot be reversed and that cannot be stamped out. Yeah. We will go on. Um, and so with that, being said, I would just love to know what's next for you. You are the quintessential multi-happened woman. You have done so many great things. I know so many incredible things are on their way to you in 2021. So what's next? What are you trying to, to, to tackle in, in the future? I'm very excited about what's next for Lauren Nee Pure Beauty. The year has been uh, full of, like I think for everyone, just full of challenges and pivots and you know, really digging deep for creativity. Now, I always had a product roadmap, so I knew what was next for the brand. And uh, 2021 and beyond is going to uh, learn if your beauty will expand. So I'm very excited. Mm -hmm. um, there are going to be, we're all about skin. So mm -hmm. everything that I do will always be to improve everyone's skin condition and make them feel really good about um about their complexion, whether that's, you know, the skin on your face or the skin all over your body. Right. So I'm really, really excited about that. Um, and what's next for me? I mean, I, I'm just living day by day. I think like everyone else, just to be completely honest, I am hopeful and mm -hmm. I'm excited, but again, I'm a realist. So yeah. um, I'm just looking, I'm, I'm looking forward to what's next too, because like five years ago, no one would have been able to tell me that I would be at home for six months and six months ago, no one would have been able to tell me that uh, I was going to be at home for six months. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I think we will be right where we are supposed to be. Yeah. And that is bringing beautiful quality products to, uh, and em empowering products to, um, people. Yeah. All people. That's so exciting, Lauren. And um, I'm also looking forward to the biodegradable wipes that you mentioned as well. That's Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. incredible. Very excited for that. Um, where can our listeners um, connect with you and your products? Your listeners, these listeners, these beautiful listeners today, um, yeah. you can find me at Lauren Napier Beauty uh, on Instagram. And um, you can shop Lauren Napier beauty products on laurennapier.com. Um, what can I say? I would just say our real, that's some cool holiday stuff coming out too. So, oh yeah. We're yeah. excited to do that and to share that as well. Really yeah, looking so stop, stop by, check it out. There'll be some really good things coming. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. Like this was such an amazing conversation. Thank you for making time out of your busy schedule to just share your journey with us and the story behind Lauren Napier Beauty. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, Lauren. Bye. Bye.